Hey Siri, what's phantom power? Phantom power, in the context of professional audio equipment, is DC electric power transmitted through microphone cables. Shall I continue? Uh, how about a podcast? I don't see an app for that. You'll need to download one. Oh, no, I meant uh, a podcast called Phantom Power. Hello? <laughs> okay, Google, what is the Phantom Power podcast? Hey, everyone. Welcome back and Happy New Year. It's me, Mac Haygood. Close enough, Google. Close enough. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Phantom Power. We have a lot of good things in the works for you in 2021. One thing I'm excited about is guest producers. We have a number of critics and scholars working on Phantom Power episodes, including features on the work of sound artists Brian Harnetti, Kate Carr, and Yoko Ono. We also have a fascinating piece on voice and disability with influential sound scholar Jonathan Stern coming for you this year. And if you are interested in producing a piece for this show, we want to hear from you. If you're a longtime listener, you know we don't drop episodes that frequently. We're definitely interested in quality over quantity, but we'd like to up the quantity as well. And one way to do that is to get more people involved. So if you know your way around an audio editor and you have an idea for an episode, drop me a line at mhaygood, that's H-A-G-O-O-D, at miamioh.edu. But today, we have a fun New Year's treat for you. We're playing with voice assistants with my guest, Frank Lance. Over the past nightmare year of the coronavirus, many of us have been hunkered down, trying to figure out how to pass the time with our families. Board game sales on Amazon were up 4,000% in March when Americans began sheltering in place. And of course, we've also spent way more time interacting with our digital technology. Well, these two things have come together in a weird and delightful way in my house lately. Okay, Google. What do you get if you combine the elements carbon and hydrogen? According to EAP Reading, an atom of carbon will combine with two atoms of oxygen to form carbon dioxide, CO2, or two <laughs> atoms of hydrogen will combine with one atom of oxygen to form water, H20. What? H20. <laughs> H20. <laughs> H20. <laughs> you know, H20. What are you, what is the search 20 years? supposed to be H2O, but the O is for oxygen. It's not a numeral zero. I, I didn't even say oxygen and it was all about oxygen. Mm-hmm, That's true. You didn't. Dumb. That was, that was a good strategy, Abe. I think you were robbed that time by 
a device that's not even smart enough to say H2O. <laughs> yeah. That's me and my sons, Abe and Theo, and the digital entity known as Google Assistant, all playing a game called Hey Robot together. The game is the brainchild of my guest and his family. My name is Frank Lance, and I'm a game designer, and I'm the director of the NYU Game Center. Frank is also a pretty big deal on Twitter, with some 62,000 followers. Most of whom are bots, <laughs> presumably. <laughs> he made his name, in part, by designing games that blurred the lines between digital and physical space. I had a game studio with a guy called Kevin Slavin, and it was called Area Code, and it was all about exploring the overlap between these different things, the, the world of information and and software and kind of virtual stuff and, and the physical world around us of uh, bodies and people and objects and things. For example, in 2007, CBS commissioned his company Area Code to conceive and develop an alternate reality game for an episode of their TV show Numbers. Promote, transmute, thrive. Unlock your hidden powers. Play Chain Factor free at chainfactor.com. Chain Factor represented a new way of blending storytelling gameplay. The game itself was a narrative artifact, a fully interactive piece of the fictional world of the show. Frank also did these massively wacky projects like the big urban game, which turned the Twin Cities into the world's largest board game, with teams of movers carrying 25-foot-tall inflatable game pieces through the streets. Or Pac-Manhattan, another large-scale game that utilized the streets of New York City to recreate the 1980s video game sensation Pac-Man. Hey, you guys see someone just like Pac-Man running by? Pac-Man? Yo, sure, and like this big... Okay, I'm gonna go check. I actually met Frank in Manhattan back in February of 2020. I was invited to NYU to talk about new trends in digital media. I was talking about my book on noise-canceling headphones and audio apps, alongside MIT Game Studies scholar T.L. Taylor, who was talking about her book on Twitch and game streaming. Frank was the moderator for the evening, which was the perfect choice because not only is he a games expert, but he's also a huge music fan. I mean, listen to him nerd out on Japanese ambient music. Harumi Hosono, interior, Hiroshi Yoshimura, Yamalan, Takashi Kokubo. It was a great conversation and then a great night on the town in Greenwich Village talking to all these amazing media and game scholars. And while there were worries about the new virus in China, I had no idea that this would be my last work trip, my last visit to a bar, my last... you get it. I asked Frank for an interview that night, but by the time we spoke over Skype in late March, everything had changed. New York City had been completely overwhelmed by the virus. Frank was sheltering in place upstate. It's like the chill apocalypse for most people, and except you know those who are on the yeah. front lines, um, yeah. everyone else is just kind of hunkered down and in this weird zone, feeling this strange, looming 
cloud of anxiety. What would this new era mean for a designer who loves street-based games? So now in this, you know, coronavirus moment of social isolation, or at least physical isolation, do you have any thoughts on the role of games in a in I have so many thoughts. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, um, now I have a little company with my wife and our son and our daughter-in-law, which is called Everybody House Games. It's just a little a side project that we put together so that we could collaborate on projects. And um, and we did a Kickstarter for a board game called Hey Robot, uh, which is a yes. uh, like a party game where you try to get Alexa or Google Home to say a word. Um, you ask it a question, you can't say the word in the question. You try to get the the, the speaker to, to say the word in its answer. And... Um, and it has, uh, yeah, it was a Kickstarter and we did that. And now it's in the process of being published and, and, uh, and it's coming, we're shipping it out to the, to the Kickstarter backers. And we're thinking about also the, the retail version of it. And, um, and at the same time, friends of ours who have been playing Hey Robot are telling us, oh, we're playing it over Zoom with our, with our families. Um, oh. We're playing it, we're, we're, you know, playing it with the, with the group chat. And we're seeing people on, you know, on Twitter doing this. Um, and then we also got, we, we got contacted by Jimmy Fallon's people at the Tonight Show and they were like, Hey, could we play this game? Uh, Jimmy Fallon wants to play this game on the Tonight Show. We we're like, absolutely. And so he, a couple of weeks ago, he, he played it, um, with, with John Mulaney on the show. Now this is based on the real board game called Hey Robot that you can play at home. It's like the classic game Password, but you play with a smart speaker. So first you pick a card with a word on it. Then you have to ask a question to get the smart speaker to say that word somewhere in its answer. If it does, you get a point. If it doesn't, then the other person has a chance to steal. We'll go back and forth until someone gets it. <laughs> you up for this? Yeah, but it sounds hard. No, here we go. It's very good. It's very hard. Okay, right. I will go first. Here we go. Okay, here we go. It might be hard. All right, my word is ostrich. Ostrich. Uh, all right. Alexa, what bird puts its head in the sand? Here's something I found on the web. According to Trust.org, the ostrich is said to... Yes! That's right. Alexa, stop. Woo! This is a, a fun game already. Trust.org. Yeah, all right. Yeah, of course, dude. I, mean, I, I write for trust that word. <laughs> she said the word, but her sources, I don't know. All right. And then right. earlier this week, he, they played it again, and, and this time with the kind of remote version of The Tonight Show that they're doing, where everyone's in their home and they're using video chat, and they played it like that with Tina Fey. And we're, and we're at, the, at the same time, um, my wife is like looking on Instagram and noticing all of these people who are trying to figure out how to play multiplayer games with their friends. Right. Um, and they're like, they're trying to play um, like, uh, like Quiplash and these other Jackbox games. So, but they're, they're like, in order to do it, they have to cobble together a solution. They're like, oh, you, here, I'm going to point my laptop at the screen and then you call me <laughs> and then I'll Zoom you and then we'll try to, you know. And the thing is, it's actually very hard to just play games with your friends um, in this, uh, online, using the internet. Um, in a way that's like social and and uh, and and easy, um, and so we have this thing that we've been thinking of just the past few days, uh, which is this kind of missing piece, which is like basically it's online multiplayer games for normies, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, there's like yeah. a huge industry of online multiplayer games, but it's this it's still kind of for this hardcore niche kind of audience of hobbyists. And it also I think that the thing is that it has its roots in in single player video games. And in yeah. single player video games, when you add multiplayer as a feature, you think of it as a thing that you need to then supply people to. Like, oh, I want to be able to play this against people. So then I so you have this standard model of internet multiplayer uh, games, which is people are anonymous. They're like a commodity. The other people, other players, like a resource that always needs to be there for the game to work. You know, and so you have this strange kind of uh, anonymous social quality of online of traditional mainstream online multiplayer games. And what people what people are wanting in this moment is to play games with their friends. Uh, the yeah. way that they play a board game or a card game or sitting around playing a party game. Um, and that's kind of missing. So so anyway, that's we're we're kind of um, thinking of that and we're we're kind of throwing together a um, a kind of quick uh, down and dirty version of uh, Hey Robot, kind of a quarantine edition that <laughs> people can play in this way that using whatever video chat they have. We're just going to put it out there for people to to play. Um, but we also think that this is kind of a new, a new direction that that um, that I think is a, a promising new channel for for games. You know, get people who want to play games with particular people, right? It's not that I just want a flow of opponents. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like I want to play a game with my aunt, yeah. and my nephew, you know. And this might this might seem a little bit far afield for this podcast about sound, but I mean, I'm really so glad that you brought up Hey Robot because. One of the things that I really love about it is it it brings out the sort of sonic and vocal quality of gaming, right? That I do think has been missing from a lot of uh, online gaming experiences, with uh, with the exception of of um, Discord that my son uses to, yeah. to communicate with all of his friends. Yeah, this is uh, Hey Robot is a game that is entirely about voice computing, right? Voice based. Uh, computers, which and it's like, what what can you do with that? And like, what kinds of experiences can you build on top of that? There's also something really important about the, the sound of, yeah, the, the people that you're playing with, the voices of the people that you're playing with, um, that's missing from from a lot of, of online multiplayer. Um, there is, yeah, there is the, the the headsets and the and the mics and the voice. But even if you look at Twitch, um, when people on Twitch uh, want to play a game together, they have to kind of jury rig it. Like if two two streamers are like, oh, let's play this game together. They either have to like figure out, are we taking turns playing this game against other people? Or are we going to try to set up some kind of shared room or something? Um, but uh, I do think we're all experiencing the this, uh, this hunger for presence. And yeah. there's something about voice, which is uh, really powerful. Uh, that you don't get from from written chat and and uh, um, there was a nice article recently about the phone call uh, having a having a moment. You know, mm-hmm. people are saying um, that they're uh, after seeming you know like seeming like it's kind of dying away. The phone call, like most millennials would wouldn't dream of of, of having a phone call. Um, all of a sudden, now people are rediscovering the power of just open ended conversation over the over the over the wires you know yeah 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 it's interesting 
Are there any specific questions that you think, hey, robot sort sort of opens up about voice assistance and, and this uh, sort of sonic form of computing? Well, the, the origin of it is really about search as a, as a skill. Like, what does it mean to be good at finding things on the internet? Mm-hmm. And the linguistic skill, because when you search, you're using words, you're using words to poke at, at data and to try to, to try to find something in a big multidimensional data space using keywords as a kind of, um, as intersecting vectors that are going to then try to like find a location in that big space of ideas and information. Mm. And, and it's weird. It's a weird, it, once you start trying to get good at it, once you understand that it's a skill um, and, and you try to get good at it, then it's really interesting. You realize, oh, this is, this is a, like a protocol. Like I'm, I'm developing this <laughs> new kind of query, this, this new skill that's about querying um, information space using keywords and then you realize, oh, I guess that's kind of what all language is, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a special weird case that maybe demonstrates the underlying logic of language in general. So in a way, is this is this about the way that the search bar has trained us to think? It's sort of a skill that we, we don't even realize we, we have, a, a particular way of dealing in language? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the result. I don't think it's... Um, yeah, I, I don't think that search is training us. Um, I think search is the, you know, the best solution to a particular problem. And then it becomes a thing in the world that is itself a problem that you can try to get, you can try to get good at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, we are adapting to our tools in the same way that we've adapted to books and We've adapted to keyboards and screens. We're adapting to search as a way of interacting with information. And I think voice is voice search um, is kind of in its early stages. Uh, um, but I think that will yeah be just become part of the landscape that we are co-evolving with. So I mean, I tend to have a much yeah uh, uh, less I mean, it's, it's maybe a more optimistic view of how how this stuff can can work out um and i know a lot of people are very paranoid about these devices the 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 idea that they're um they're they're a kind of commercial uh probe that is in your your space that that they're um uh you know that they're listening and responding to the things you say in in ways that aren't always for your benefit um, and that's, I think those are legitimate concerns. Uh, and so that's, you know, one of the ingredients in, in, in Hey Robot is like that weird, that weird relationship we have of a, a kind of a love hate, uh, relationship with, with these, um, smart speakers and with technology in general, you know, does Hey Robot make you feel like Siri is actually at the party with you? playing the game with you yeah i mean i I think a big part of the the weirdness is that um you just you realize like you already have a a a very simple synthetic personality that lives in your house if you have one of these devices right alexa or or google home you already have this weird um 
AI, sorry, I just triggered Alexa. Um, <laughs> sorry, Alexa, never mind. Um, and um, so you have this thing, but you have a weird relationship to it because you're just barking orders at it. You're telling it to to time something or you're you know, giving it an instruction, ask, you know, asking it about the weather. This very kind of weird utilitarian uh, relationship you have with this thing that you treat just like a servant, basically, or, or, or something. Um, and then in... When you play a game with it, it's just weird. You start to realize, oh, it it kind of has a personality, and its personality is really dorky, right? It's this super yeah. overeducated creature with very with no common sense, right? <laughs> so it's it's completely pedantic and 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 officious, and uh, you know, an, an incredibly well informed uh, uh, person, but with with no with no common sense, no, no, no naturalness, no, no, uh, uh, um, just very, very awkward and kind of, and, and ridiculous, but in a way that's kind of charming. <laughs> um, right. so yeah, so we feel like it's, it, it is sort of like inviting these things that are already living in your house to yeah take a seat at the table for, for half an hour and, um, and, and join I'm, the party. I'm, I'm really, uh, glad to hear you keep calling Siri it. Or Alexa, it, yeah. Uh, I I feel very uh, I don't know unsettled by how common it is for people to say her or or she, yeah. And and to me, what I, I think what's interesting about this, I I always get a sense that I'm just sort of talking into this informational void, and then like there's this these words coming back at me, like I it like it seems like a very disembodied almost creepy supernatural experience to talk to these voice assistants mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and and i don't feel any kind of need to humanize them necessarily yeah but i wouldn't mind having a better relationship with them that accepts them for what they are yeah so that's the so the thing about hey robot is that it doesn't make the um alexa or google home feel more like a person it just the opposite like to play right. the game well means really understanding the logic of how these things work and yeah. they are quite so people for example often make the mistake of sort of adding more information oh what's the name of the detective with the the deerhorn hat and the and the, the the pipe and there was a there were a bunch of novels um and it was by arthur arthur conan doyle right <laughs> and there's a way of stacking up details because that's the way humans think Right, they, uh -huh. we have a we, we we think associatively by stacking up details. What's the name? You know what I mean? Like you just it's this and that. You throw in a few extra details, and it's helping me get closer and closer to the thing. But that's not how th these algorithms work. Um, they're they are you're trying to trigger a precise response, and you actually need to be quite simple and just like who is Arthur Conan Doyle, and mm -hmm. you're trying to get it like in this very kind of precise way. Extra little flurries of details don't help because they're just actually kind of noise um for for this thing the thing is that there is a kind of empathy that you that you experience because the nature of the game is you're both trying to get it right like alexa <laughs> right. wants to answer your your question correctly and you want them to get the answer right and so it's an interesting kind of guessing game it's not like a typical guessing game where you're um, where it's like a riddle and someone's trying to hold something back. It's like you're both really trying to get to the same the same place. And uh, and there's something nice about that. That's fantastic. 
Uh, it's it's amazing. I I I I just love the entire idea of this game. It's really great. Uh, thanks. Yeah, we're we're super excited about it, and um, and it will be available soon for for purchase. Hopefully, uh, you know. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes for sure. All right, Frank. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mac. It's a it's a pleasure. And that's it for this short and sweet episode of Phantom Power. Thank you to Frank Lance. And just to update you on all things Hey Robot, since we spoke, Everybody House Games has released a free quarantine edition that you can play online with your friends, as well as the physical board game available on Amazon. Links to both of those, as well as transcripts and all of our other episodes are available at phantompod.org, where you can also subscribe to the show. We'd love it if you'd rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. Give us a shout on social media at Facebook or Twitter at Phantom Pod. Today's show was edited by me, Mac Haygood. The fake Kumbia music that you're hearing was also by yours truly. But the authentic Japanese ambient music that we heard was from Hiroshi Yoshimura's album Green, Classic New Age. Finally, we're looking for a new intern to handle our web and socials. If you're interested in interning for Phantom Power, hit me up at mhaygood at miamioh.edu. Phantom Power is made possible through the generosity of the Miami University Humanity Center, the Robert H. and Nancy J. Blaney Endowment, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Phantom Power.